13th floor. The 13th floor. Welcome everybody to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and this week I got a very, very happy Browns fan on the podcast. Mike D, what's happening? What it do, what it do. That's actually like perfect right there. If you get in the video right now, it looks like it's in like a space saucer. Like it's just in space, it's levitating. That's about the only way we're going to get them is just be in space and levitating because you don't come too often. <laughs> they don't come too often. When they come, you tear open the Bud Light containers and tear them downtown like it's the Super Bowl. Hey. Oh. That's the life of a Browns fan. How hey, about them you Browns, are, man? You going, you, going, you going to the parade? Uh, no, I I I talked to I talked to so interesting enough. Uh, Isha is in charge of all parades, so as soon as the one I sent her a text like, "Is there a parade coming?" She's like, "No, not yet." So, For one win, then uh, you didn't think hey, it was hey, enough that you had like the three thousand beers. I mean, Twenty-five days, right? It's been two years. That's two years since one win. Two, two. That's a long time. Yeah. I would have had a parade, ladies and gentlemen. I'd have brought out the ticket tape. Oh, they tore up downtown. It looked like it was Super Bowl. <laughs> the Bud Light things open. Them folks got to get downtown. It was crazy. They said this is the greatest thing since the Cavs won the championship. I believe it. And now they got something to believe wow. in. A quarterback to believe in. That dude's a beast. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Look at him proud. Like a proud pappy over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We may even get three wins this year. I tell you, you're going to get seven, man. <laughs> at least y'all might bust the playoffs. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do the seven. DJ, very be fresh. What's happening, baby? Y'all know what time it is. Another beautiful uh, day in Zamunda. We out here. We ready. Saw them Canes get that victory yesterday. I'm hoping we saw the um, changing of the reins. Um, Going to see Cat 5 out there getting busy from here on out. Hey, he looked good, man. It was FIU, though. And yeah, he's hey. a young quarterback. And... If they're going to play him, he got to play UNC and FSU, or else it's just a waste. My thing is always um, when he threw the passes, they were where they needed to be as opposed to the receiver making the pass and catch look good. Like, he put the ball in the spots they needed to be. While, yes, you are correct, it was FIU, I still feel that um, we saw a glimpse of what is hopefully the future, and it's going to get popping. We're going to see when he got a real pass rush in his face. Okay, what's going on, baby? What's good, man? Hey, Fresh, that is a beautiful comforter. It is, um, right? That's Yeah, that's awesome, brother. Like, wow. Go ahead and check that out. You know, America, we out here. We shining, you know. Who, des- who designed man. that for you? Oh, that's uh, Pierre Cardin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you over there. That's, that's nice. Man, I made up the bed and everything. And, and I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if you on the video, if you can see the uh the shades for the windows match the color of the bed. That's like the, that's, the cool. that's you got to coordinate. That's coordinate. man, wow, <laughs> wow. If there's anything that we can say about you, you keeps it fresh, and we can't hear anything that you're saying. So let us know when you want to. <laughs> and last but not least, our our special guest this morning, Mr. Daniel Covington. What's going on, sir? Oh man, it's a great day. Great day. Uh, shout out um, my alma mater, Howard University, yesterday on ESPN, won the football game, you know. Got Cam Newton, little brother, showing out for the HBCUs. Okay, um, who Howard played yesterday? Um, 
They play. What they play? They lost. Them. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and leave that there because now you're showing me who the real HU is right now, man. Because a Hampton fan would have know who won, what the score was, how many touchdowns were scored by the uh, running back, and all these types of things. This is the first time, you know, we actually good. This is the first time. <laughs> I tell you what, the first time actually good. That's what's up. Well, Daniel, thank you for coming on. Uh, I want to give you a proper introduction. Daniel Covington is the president and CEO of Covington Enterprise, a business strategy and development firm. Um, he was enthralled in the entrepreneurial spirit at the age of 11. Uh, he went to Howard University, as you already talked about, resides in the DFV. Um, and just to give you an idea of the success this young man has come into, because uh, he's going to give us a little bit of his background and the story, because it's very interesting, um, very compelling. But Covington Enterprise was awarded a six-figure government contract with the Department of Behavioral Health. Six figures now, just a few months after their official founding in 2017. So that tells you the type of experience, the type of motivation and dedication and drive we're dealing with, with this young entrepreneur. So, uh, and to this point, Covington Enterprises has serviced 70 businesses, educated 370 entrepreneurs, and hired 20 millennials to work at the firm. So welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. Glad you're here. Um, first thing I want to do, man, is get into a little bit of that backstory, that interesting, compelling story, um, because I want to I hear that, give that as an example, and then we want to get your thoughts at, on the current entrepreneurial climate and some key ways that we can continue to, to develop that since that's one of the bigger things that you do uh, within our community. Okay. Uh, so the backstory, like on um, just Covington Enterprise, or like yeah. my, the life story. The the backstory. Well, start with the life story, um, and then how that segues into Covington Enterprise. Okay. Um, basically, you know, I'm, I'm from, like Brett said, um, I'm from Chicago. Um, right now, I'm 25. I came to Howard because. Um, you know, end up getting some good test scores. So I got a scholarship here. So that's how I ended up in DC. Um, while I was here, you know, I was always, you know, I always was an entrepreneur, but I came in here, like, I need to go an accounting route, you know, like everybody was saying, go to a Fortune 500 company, you know, just work, retire, you know, be smooth like that. You know, I, I see my parents work their whole life. And I was like, I'm trying to you know, own some stuff, you know? So my whole goal was to like get into venture capital. And that's like when, you know, just for the audience, you know, venture capital is basically when you have money and you invest in other businesses and you're able to, um, and you're able to basically own a percent of that business and help it grow. And you have ownership in an actual business. So, Basically, in the African-American community, there's not a lot of business ownership. And even to that point, when I was talking to my professor, he was like, you can't even get into that industry unless you're born in it, you know? So, you know, you shouldn't really even try to do that. But I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a way in there. So I was investing money. People started giving me money to invest. Um, I had like $10,000 I was investing um, in like stocks and options because I had you know, mentors, and I've read a lot of books, and I was like pretty good on myself. And I ended up, um, it was people at Howard gave me the money, ended up investing, get lost some of it, and then got it back and then got them like, 30% um, on their money and gave it back was like, I'm quitting, you know, it's too much stress. But then my next year, 
I was working in the finance department as law firm. I'm still in school. I'm a junior. And um, one of my friends, uh, Chance the Rapper, right? Uh, we grew up together back home. So when he blew up, a lot of um, our crew, you know, they were like rappers and got rap record deals and stuff like that. So there was one guy who I invested money before. He was like, hey, man, I have $15,000. You know, um, my homie um, who just got signed, he got 18000 and my other friend got 13000 so they gave me $50,000 to invest and was like, you can keep 50% when you, um, when you, uh, when, when um, every dollar you make. So with options, this stuff goes fast. And I had, I had a job, but I was listening to an audio book and they were like, it was called the laws of thinking. And it was like, if you, if you want to get the blessings of God in the universe, then you got to take risk and let that capture, like, you know, take you up. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to quit my job, you know, I'm going to go full time in this stuff. And, you know, I started, you know, making money off that. Not even though I was making good money and like supporting myself through it and um, making them money. Nine months later, after living a good life, you know, buying a, a car, you know, apartment and stuff like that, I was living good. Um, ended up getting a little too greedy and losing like 40, 40 60% of the money, right? Thought I could get it right back, ended up losing all the money. And then I'm $50,000 in debt to these guys. One of their brothers ended up being a lawyer and was like, you know, I had, you know, I had to pay the money back. I was going to pay the money back either way, just because I gave them my word. But real talk, I'm, I'm eight, no, I'm 21 years old. I'm about to, I'm broke at this point because I had quit my job. And um, this was how I was financing myself. And then also, um, you know, so I'm like about to get evicted, about to have my car repo. These guys are threatening to um, uh, do whatever. You know, I got to pay these people back. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have 19 credits left at Howard. And then this, this random guy, this German guy was applying to jobs. This German guy who, who was like a multimillionaire, he was building a financial advising company. He was like, um, he hired me on his new, on his new company. And, um, and basically he allowed me to work 40 hours a week, like getting my financial advising license while I was working 19 credit hours. And I had like a part-time job at an IT solution firm. So do, so I was able to work super hard to start paying on the debt um, while I was at school. So, but I wasn't making any money basically because all the money was going to the debt. But through, and I had to um, sign a contract that said I couldn't leave, you know, the fi financial advising firm because it was paying for my license. So I had to stay there for two years, like turn down any corporate offers after college, stayed there for two years. But I learned so much about small businesses. I ended up helping the IT solution firm get like a $200,000 contract. So the, the German dude, the uh, white dude, he started really getting on that with me. He was like, it turned from being, you know, me getting a part of the business to it just being his business, wouldn't give me a raise, hired his son, paid him more than me, dude was virtual, you know, like he, he really started getting on that. So I handed, turned in my resignation letter, gave my resume to the IT solution dude. They was like, come on full-time virtual and just help us develop the business. So I was able to quit that, start with the IT solution dude. And then um, on the side, I started taking on clients like as a consultant. And that's why I was like, I'm about to, you know, help people develop businesses. Now, this is all to get to that venture capital stuff, because 
I learned that a lot of people who get there are people who invest in successful businesses, make make a lot of money from a business like Damon um, John's off of FUBU and then, um, you know, use that money to invest in businesses. So, you know, I started working with different businesses and one of my clients, she was trying to throw a business expo. So we're reaching out to people for her and I'm not really making any money. I'm really all the money I'm getting. I'm getting given to my friends from school because I have a job. So it's like we have people that are like graphic designers that graduate from Howard, you know, like people with finance majors. So I'm like, if, I, if businesses are paying me to manage my finances, manage their finances, I could pay you. Now you got to hustle. You know, you can you can get some money and, um, you know, we can we're moving forward in the field. So by doing that a couple of months later, um, by doing that a couple of months later, um, we were able, I reached out to the Department of Behavioral Health. I didn't know the lady worked there, but I just reached out to her, like trying to advertise for this business expo. And then she was like, I like what you're doing in the community. I'm gonna award you a like $14,000 contract. And I was like, what? Okay. You know, we, um, we excited. We are like, man, we got a government client. And then a couple of months later, something about that fell through. And I remember I was talking to um, my COO, one of my friends from Howard, you know, who was um, helping me. Uh, I was like, man, this contract, they said it might fall through, but we done did everything, you know, saying God's hands. The next day she called me say, you know, we can't give you the $14,000 one, but we're about to give you a six figure one to do the whole like program to, um, it's a pilot program targeting like nonprofits in the DC area that target mental illnesses in the community. And basically we were developing these nonprofits so that they can serve more people. So I was able to get that whole contract, get like hire my friends to hire, like not just my friends, but people I've worked with my connections to, um, you know, do the contract and um, get an office. And then I started up with the urban league, and, um, you know, helping businesses that way. And now, um, you know, I have different contracts with, um, you know, the DBH, the Department of Navy, and um, uh, Chicago Housing Authority, where I'm working all to pretty much in the goal to help black entrepreneurs um, be able to build their businesses to hire more employees. Um, so you said you work with the Chicago Housing Authority because I just moved <laughs> to Chicago and I'm having a problem finding someplace to live. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk nice. offline. But um, you said definitely. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, but let me, let, let, me, let me slow you down, man, because you, you gave people a shotgun blast of what you've done and what you do, right? And what I really want people to understand and get from you is your entrepreneurial endeavors didn't start out like what people think entrepreneurship is going to be about right so how did you find the drive and the resources to keep going even though when it didn't succeed initially um it was a point where i was live it was really sink sink or swim you know it was at a point that my life was tied to, um, you know, what I could, you know, me eating was really tied to what I'm killing. You know what I'm saying? Me eating was really tied to how, um, can, how can I innovate? How can I pr produce some value for people to now get them to say, hey, I will give you this money to now produce this value for me. 
And it was really because I was in those life, I was in those struggling situations that it allowed me to be that person to like, you know, um, really get really ambitious or really increase my work ethic and really go towards that. So it was really just because it was a situation, I took that risk and I had to now, you know, struggle or um, I had to struggle to float. Then that made me that person to be ambitious to do that because I had to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to take you deeper, man. Um, uh, so a lot of entrepreneurs reach that point, right? We've all reached that point, but I think most people, that's when they throw in the towel and they go catch that nine to five, right? Because it's easy and, and, and it makes sense and it's guaranteed money. What made you say, I am not going to go get a nine to five. I'm going to continue on this path. Um, you know, it was the thought of ownership, right? And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not against anyone having a nine to five because sometimes you can use a nine to five to then build, you know, for like for your entrepreneurial venture. A lot of people don't understand that really, you know, in the first like one or two years of your entrepreneurial venture, you're testing and moving very slow, you know? So, you know, you can, as long as you're taking steps and getting forward, I don't like, you don't necessarily have to quit immediately. You need you make make that jump when you need to make that jump. But I feel like really just getting started is is the um is the real aspect. Like don't just say I'm I'm waiting for this money. Like say, you know, cause I had a job when I started my business. You know, I was like I was working for Kemtech and I was like, I'm doing business consulting. I was like, let me just um, you know, start and like just talk to other people. Just say I, I can help you for a low price because I don't need the money. But now I'm building my product. I'm building my business. So a lot of people want to hold up thinking like cash or that I don't have the time. But you have some time even with uh, even with a nine to five. But I also think that even if you have a nine to five, if you can try to get paid to like learn and grow. But so I guess it wasn't. I, I think to recap, I think your question to answer your question. Um, not getting a nine to five is I don't want a nine to five forever. You know, I think that's the, that's the real thing is I don't want a nine to five forever or people shouldn't want a nine to five forever. You want to own something at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's, and that's dope, man. And, and like the whole story, man, and what I'm trying to do is on here, man, what you've done is great, but I think what enabled you to do that was the person that you are. Right. And I think we need to understand a little bit more of who Daniel is. And I think that's what's going to benefit the people most because there's okay. something that you had to get in connection with, with yourself that helped you say, yes, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're not the money. You're not venture capitalism. You're Daniel. And something in Daniel is what has put you on this road and made you successful. Yeah. Um, I feel like, um, I, me as myself, I don't, I don't want, I want to be a boss, you know, I, I don't, I, I want to be in control, you know, I want to be like, I can help this person if I want to, that's power to be able to say, Hey, um, Hey mom, you know, I know you're old, stop working. You know, 
I want to be able to see a person on the street or a, a kid who can't get into college be like, hey, I can give you a scholarship through my business, you know? And I feel like being able, me wanting to have that amount of, I guess, independence or like power in the world is really what is going to, is what drives me to, to do that. I guess, you know, I just never want to be in a situation where someone is in control of my ability to survive. You know, somebody else is in control of my financial future or just really that means almost your whole life. And a lot of times I'm not the person to get complacent because I want to learn, you know, I want to gain that value because it's not really about the money. It's about increasing your value as a person. And that's something I was always into. Like, how can I learn? Like this was started because I took an interest in stocks and was really learning and got the knowledge on that. And then I, you know, uh, then I started taking an interest in business and really getting the knowledge on that. So money always follows, you know, value. So me being a person, I really am dedicated to increasing my value as a person because everything else in life will follow after that. Man, and that's the part that I don't want people to miss, right? Because, you know, so a look, six six figure contract, you know, all that stuff is impressive. But what you just said was, is that you wanted to be a resource. You wanted to be valuable. And the examples you gave was being able to help other people. So you put yourself in a position to where what you loved would benefit others. Mm -hmm. uh, and by embracing that, that's what enabled you to stick with it and keep going. And now you're giving out scholarships. You went to, you know, I guess your mom. And I'll tell you now, you did not call your mom old and tell her that she could retire. Uh, you, you did that a little bit differently. That was, oh, that was definitely, that was a future thing. I haven't been able to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Just say, mom, here you go. Don't tell it you Because of that, here you go. Right, right, right. Yeah, you better hope that she doesn't hear this podcast. Um, you never know who's, you never know who's listening to the 13th floor because she, She's going to retire and be like, okay, I'm, I'm retired. You, you, pay, you paying for my stuff? What's going on? Right. Uh, but uh, nah, man, look, I, I really wanted to get to that point where, you know, if you haven't done it before, it just happened for you right now where you just got in touch with, man, what, what keeps me dry? What makes me do this? And wanting to be a resource for others. And I think where a lot of people go wrong in entrepreneurship is that it's something and a status that they're trying to achieve for themselves and not for others, but you connected it to something that was important to you and is ingrained in you in being a value to others. Um, and that's just powerful, man. Like, man, you know, I, I, I was digging for that. And I was pushing you and I could see you getting uncomfortable, but that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that thing because there's something there that makes you take that kind of risk, right? Like I can't imagine what type of threats, you know, people are telling you when you owe them thousands of dollars, right? I was looking, you know at, movies. <laughs> I was, I was looking at movies, people was owing someone like $200 and getting killed. I was like, man, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You, you, you owe me lunch and I'm calling you talking aggressive. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but you, you actually owe people thousands of dollars that they, they're, they're looking for their return. 
Um, they got it back, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, yeah, you did say that. You said you uh, got it back to them with, with 30% of what they originally gave you, man, which, again, you know, that's, that's another thing. People don't realize when you invest, um, you can't always invest for the short term, right? It might be the intermediate. It might be the long-term gain that's going to benefit you. And that just doesn't have to do with money. Um, that's your dreams and your goals. You know what I mean? You're going to invest, and you can't always think it's going to come back to you immediately. But what helps you to endure that is getting in touch with what that real important thing is that you're actually doing it for. Mm-hmm. Got to have that inspiration at 3 o'clock in the morning when you got to get that work done. Yeah. yeah. It's also, I think, you know, something that I picked out is like the freedom of creativity. Just when you think about it and you want to do it, it's not that you got to ask for permission from a supervisor or you got to run it through a board to kind of get everybody on board. And you spend more time having conversations with them, trying to convince them how good this is going to be for the group or for the community or for what you're trying to do, even for yourself to make yourself feel good about doing stuff for other people. So by how you set everything up, I mean, you really put a lot of people in position for them to feel better about themselves, them to use their talents. And you almost definitely always gonna get blessed from that. So yeah, that's exactly what I think is the biggest thing. That it was just like good karma, you know. Like definitely, if you invest in other people, you know, that's exactly what carried me over when I thought everything was over. When it was times where I had zero dollars in my bank account, then somebody I had helped just helped me, and or you know somebody else would just come out with a blessing. You know, I think that's like one that probably like if not the biggest factor of the whole thing. Mm, let you know you're on the right path. We speak about the investments of people in themselves and then you and the other people. And one of the things that I got from Covering the Enterprise's website, and you actually sent me a copy of it, I appreciate it, is the blueprint. And right. I looked through this 220 page document, I'm like, wow, he gave this to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> but it outlines, uh, it, it puts you on a path to really defining your vision and your purpose through your entrepreneurial, um, I guess, venture. So I want to talk about the little, talk about the blueprint a little bit. You don't have to give too much because I know that's some, you know, confidential, uh, proprietary stuff. But creating, honing, defining that vision um, as you did for yourself, how you pass that on to other people, and the importance of it. So um, the blueprint is. It's not confidential right now or anything, because I don't know if I'm ever really gonna. Um, I really don't know if I'm ever gonna like, like sell it or something. I might just give it out. But it was during that whole like cir- those circumstances that I was in. I literally laid out my goals, like you know I'm about to pay back this money, and then strategized on different tactics to do it. I was like, how are ten ways this month I can now get further towards this goal, right? And I had an actual sheet I created. And like, that's how I hit those milestones. Cause I was reading books and they were like, you, you know, this is how to be an effective, how to be more efficient, right? Set your goals, plant, brainstorm on them and then go do these tactics and one or two probably work out, right? And you get, to, you get to your goal. So the blueprint was really something I was doing for myself because I was like, I'm tired of using a blank sheet of paper. Let me like create a template for it. And then I was like, man, I can make it for the month. I can you know, start writing my goals down every day. I can like create a booklet to now um, allow me to get to that point. And then when I started hiring people, some of my, um, you know, uh, coworkers and stuff, they were like, you know, they saw me use it. They were like, hey, can, can you print this out? I started giving it to them and they were more efficient. So um, 
I don't know, it might, it's, it's still under like work and things like that. I've like a draft that you saw, it was, that's a draft. But, um, you know, really what it, that's the basic point of it is like to get you to your goals and make you like plan it out, you know, with intention and have you start your day with intention your month and then your week and then your day with intention. Right. Everything on there was measurable. Um, we talked about the smart goal forming uh, and how, how that is going to set you up or catapult you to success. So given your experience with the Urban League, um, paying it forward to all of the, in all of the different ways through your entrepreneurial workshops, um, the business develop, uh, development uh, conferences and things, what are some of the biggest challenges you see for up and coming entrepreneurs and how can they overcome those um not having um the challenge is perseverance i would say is, is a big one because i feel like or and lack of resources right lack of resources um is a is a big um is a big challenge usually when i ask people you know why haven't you started or um, what's the problem or what you need, they're, they're saying, I need more money. I need more cash so I can invest in this and do this and that. And I feel like to, the way to combat having lack of resources is to gain more and don't believe that cash is the only resource because a lot of times the connections going out there, meeting people is, is going to expose you to opportunities and give you more resources. So um just bringing it to regular entrepreneurs i had a guy um his name um was norbert cheeks he has a nonprofit, reach one teach one motivations and he always wants to be help the kids act, um you know he wanted to teach workshops to kids or speak to kids at your use because his brother and stuff was in uh, um you know prison system had multiple brothers going there so he wanted to teach so i'm like He's like, I can't help because I don't have, you know, nobody's going to um, let me speak to people. I, I don't have anything to really, you know, I'm not, I'm not credible. I'm not this, I'm not that, you know, and I don't have like cash to build a center. So I'm like, but you could start before a center. So right now he done, he's gotten into like seven recreation centers around D.C. And now he's teaching programs to like these at-risk youth and his whole plan is to build up you know, get programs since he's like connecting with the DC to then get funding to build his own recreation center. You know, so I'm like a lot of people who has that idea would think, man, I don't have the cash or the resources around it. It's really about, you know, just getting out and getting and promoting yourself and like let getting yourself open for the opportunities by just taking action. Right. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. You know, getting around in the right space and in those networking events and things of that nature. Yeah. So uh, what is your vision in its current state? Um, I, 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 is the venture capitalism still the thing or are you looking to just be a resource to the entrepreneurial community? Uh, venture capital is still the overall goal. Um, but in that, I feel like to get to there, it will be, you know, be being a resource to the entrepreneur community. Cause even if I want to, well, I mean, venture capital is my overall business goal, like business structure goal, business, you know, like my overall life, like the mission of the business is to help the African American community, you know, um, build up as far as like increase the ownership. Right. 
So like, if, cause if there's one person that's able to, if all of the black businesses right now, or 15% of them were able to hire one person right now, just 15% of all the black businesses, we will be, our wealth will be on the level of white people. Just that's it, you know? So it's like, I feel like that's my overall mission is to increase entrepreneurship and ownership in the black community. Cause right now it's the easiest time to get resources because of the internet. And so you're, you're able to jump that wealth gap now because of like the accessibility to resources. And also, you know, we're more connected. So I feel like that, that's my real goal, but my business goal, venture capital, I want to be able to, you know, get institutions to give me money to invest in businesses and grow them and get percentage of the business. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, is there one thing um, as we wrap up this portion or this segment of the podcast uh, outside of everything else that you dropped on entrepreneurs, because I think there's a lot to be gained and Carol pointed out those things very well. Um, but is there one like statement or mission or mantra that you kind of live by that kept, keeps pushing you that you would pass on to the listening entrepreneurs that's ready to get out there and make that jump or put themselves in that space? Yeah. Um, put yourself in situations that you're learning and Wait, no, 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 hold on, all right. Uh, pressure always cultivates you into the person that you're gonna have to be to handle you know, your dreams. So you have to put yourself into uncomfortable situations to grow and that growth will result in more value, which will result in you know, whatever you want, which is like money or um, you know, success or whatever that, but you need value to get that success. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good deal, gentlemen. So before we get up out of here, man, I got to go to Fresh for his uh, Fresh and Biz this week. And Coach K, I don't know if you want to add anything to this <laughs> to this podcast. You're on mute, though. You're on mute. Oh, I know I'm on mute. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm kind of offended, though. You just said you don't know if I want to add anything to this podcast. Like, you I have any value today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are you gonna do anything today? Or are you just gonna sit there. I, so you got the cynic so you got the cynicism, you good. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh man, where you at today, man? Come on, baby. Oh, number one entrepreneur ninja back in the building. World, how you doing? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna piggyback on Daniel. Go ahead and tell you, you know, we spoke about uh utilizing your resources and what you have at your fingertips. But also, just as Daniel said today, you need to be a resource. So don't get caught up in always assuming that you're going to make money for what you do, especially right out the gate. You need to figure out ways to be a resource that then you may not get exactly cash, but being able to um, you know, create other avenues and opportunities, that's how you become the entrepreneur more successful and have the opportunity to grow into potentially a business you didn't even realize that you initially wanted to start. I think that's what most um, people who jump into being an entrepreneur don't realize that there's an opportunity um, to change tactics based on where the opportunity lies and to be smart enough and strategic enough to take advantage of those situations. That's it, be a resource. Um, those who can't do, teach. So just as Daniel was saying too with uh, the other gentleman who was looking to be a motivational speaker in a sense, and instead of being able to directly build his uh, foundation or his, his uh, center out the gates, 
he took the opportunity to go another route, which is now allowing him to build up his followers, build up, um, you know, his resources and also be a resource and provide that opportunity that he's looking for to build that center and be the entrepreneur he wants to be. So be a So be a resource, get it popping. <laughs> it's fresh and number one entrepreneur ninja. We out fresh and biz. Easy. Mike D, you've been quiet all day, man. What's going on? Nah, man, everything good. Everything good. Just taking the, the everything juice. good in the browse house, baby. <laughs> right. Just take, take everything good in the browse house. It's it's a Sunday when you feel like you won. Um, <laughs> taking those nuggets and just trying to apply them. So it's a lot of the same circles, a lot of the same space that Daniel works in. So just trying to trying to learn from the brother so that way I can grow. And one day, one day to myself say that I have had that type of success that that young man has had. So just like everyone else listening and trying to grasp, we'll see how I can apply to what I'm doing. Taking notes, taking notes, copious notes. Easy, easy. Coach K, before I go to you, I want to give you an opportunity, Daniel. Um, listeners know how they can get connected with you. If they're looking for your services, where can they go? If you're on social media, how can they, uh, you know, get to you? Unmute yourself first, though, brother. My bad. I'm muted. Okay. So, um, always, if, you know, you want to, you know, message me personally, uh, email is danielc at covingtonenterprise.com. If you, you know, want just a business consultation, you know, we do it free. It's uh, www.covingtonenterprise.com. Uh, just go to the Go to the website. You can sign up for webinars. You know, you can sign up for a free consultation. And then um, me or one of uh, our coaches will call you. And, you know, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. You know, we will definitely connect you to resources. We um, definitely love working with, you know, all people. You know, our focus is like minorities and African-Americans. But for real, we'll work with all, all people. And, um, you know, we love entrepreneurs and knowledge is free. Absolutely. Appreciate your time today, sir. Coach K. Take us home. Go ahead, add some value, baby. Before I take us home, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never watched the podcast on YouTube or Vimeo, um, you need to go on there because I need people to validate what I'm about to ask Daniel. And Daniel, I'm sorry, but after I ask you this question, you might not talk to me anymore. Um, and, and that's fine, <laughs> but has anybody ever told you that you look like the adult version of the dude from everybody hates Chris? <laughs> and Daniel goes black. <laughs> he he sounded like, or he looked like he knew that was coming. <laughs> that's cool. Anybody ever tell you you look like the... Um, serious version of Uncle Phil. Wow. <laughs> ah, we haven't had that one. No, we haven't had that one. That's 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 uh that's the first. Oh, that's he might have just solidified his return to the 13th. <laughs> right. Right. That, that, that's the first. But it's good that you had one ready to come back with. I right. like, I like that's it. good I though. Like that's good. I like yeah. it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All that time, wow. he was sitting there like, Uncle Phil is breaking me down. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, 
next time um, you're in Chicago, um, hit me up and um, we can go to the pool hall and I will break out Lucille on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man, look, I needed that moment of laughter because what I'm about to talk about next, man, I'm hoping I'm going to get through without uh, breaking down. I think it's going to be difficult because I can feel the tears coming already. Uh, man, this week, uh, we lost a friend to the 13th floor. Uh, we lost a friend, personal mentor for myself, uh, Chris Daniel. Um, and I knew I had to say something because doggone Brett had a guest on here with the name Daniel. And uh, Daniel, I don't know if you follow uh, numerology, but your name uh, equals to the number six. And the number six says that uh, you're all about community and um, family and you like uh, to help people. And that's who Chris Daniel was. And uh, this dude used uh, his life, his gift um, to build others. And uh, man, I feel so ashamed that we never got him on the show. Uh, he's kind of uh, helped us out uh, behind Tremendous. the scenes Tremendous. Uh, with the four animals assessment. And uh, we're going to miss Chris, man. And there's a lot of people that are going to miss Chris. And, uh, man, Brett talked about uh, the blueprint. And one of Chris's uh, questions in one of his last talks was, um, is your blue is your is your blueprint still serving you? And uh, that's something that uh, I think we should all ask ourselves: Is your blueprint still serving you? Uh, his other question and thing was: Look, throw away who you thought you were. Uh, be the person that you're meant to be. Embrace that person and max that person out. Uh, and then his last thing was: Just remember. Uh, you're never as good as you think you are. You can always get better, and uh, and you will be better. So hopefully by tuning in to uh, the 13th floor, uh, we support you in that. And uh, if not, man, we're always open for your comments. Uh, but in the meantime, man, Chris, man, rest in peace, um, and your legacy lives on, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tremendous gentleman. <clears throat> Tremendous gentleman lived a, a full life. He will be missed. Will be missed. Um, that's it for us here on the 13th floor, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get connected with us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Instagram at 13th floor, please. As we already mentioned, you know, you can catch the videos on YouTube and Vimeo, the audio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your, uh, your podcast, you can catch us on there. And make sure you stay tuned for the coming weeks. We got a lot of great guests lined up. Uh, I don't want to give too much of that out, but uh, it's going to be very beneficial. Um, from all from all sides. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Covington, appreciate you, sir. You dropped uh, major knowledge on the show today, and you even was able to get Carol uh, back on his own uh, <laughs> funny business. So definitely always welcome, man. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Easy. Yeah, yeah. appreciate you, man. There it is. We out of here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the, the best, floor. but the views are amazing. What number, are you? what number is this? 85. 86. 86. 86. 86. The 13th floor. We out, y'all. I'm going to have Mike D86 that Browns had.
Oh, no, sir. I had that brain. It's levitating. It's levitating. Wow.